When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. Another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos. Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, of course, the great folks at Lakerholics.com, and everyone that you can go ahead and catch on today with all the great amount of basketball shows that they have at hoopheadspod.com. It is sincerely appreciated. Well, we've got everybody already filing into the chat room. Welcome so much, and thank you so much, Felix, V, and Albert. Thank you so much for liking what we do. We truly appreciate it. It is our NBA playoff preview because the plans are finished. And the first thought I have when it comes to the plans is don't ask Adam Silver to discontinue the plans. After what we've seen over the course of the past few days with not only what happened in L.A. with the Lakers squeaking out a victory, but also as well a close game with Memphis and San Antonio. And finally ending up with Memphis pulling out on the road a major upset in overtime over Golden State, so they move on. There is no way Adam Silver is going to give this up for extra viewing, extra advertising, and extra cash. So great to have everyone here. The plans are here to stay. But also just wanted to make sure everybody knows that we are doing our NBA playoff preview, so we're going to break down each and every bracket, both the East and Western Conference, We're going to hit the Lakers, of course, but we're going to save that for a little bit later on. But we're going to touch on first the Eastern Conference. And here today are two great guests indeed, part of the Lakerholics.com experience. Here they are right now. I'm going to go ahead and start off with a good man indeed from Detroit, Michigan. He is wearing his Spartan green right there on top. Unfortunately, it did not help Mr. Draymond Green with that last floater in regulation. It is L. Rob and L. Rob. Great to have you here. Any comments on Golden State going fishing? Well, two things, Zero. First, you have to say Michigan State, not the Michigan. <laughs> right, Michigan, Michigan State. State. Michigan right. State. Right. Michigan but State Spartans. Now, Draymond lost, but Memphis has two Spartans. So they yes. have Tillman 
and they have Jaron Jackson. So two Spartans is better than one. That's true. Although both of them combined may not be as loud as Draymond Green is on calls. Just want to make sure to let you know that. But Xavier Tillman, all props to him. Second round draft choice, I think was 35 or 38 uh, as far as the pick is concerned in the second round. Really a great performance coming off the bench for Memphis. And of course, they had Jared Jackson Jr., who got into foul trouble and really wasn't much of a factor in the second half. But a great game by John Morant. I mean, he yeah. showcased to the entire country and to NBA fans out there just how good he is with his performance today. Followed up some great performances there with Grayson Allen hitting a couple threes. And you know what? Memphis deserves to be in the mix. And they face off against utah but we will talk about that series here in a bit but l rob i want to first focus in on the eastern conference because we're going to get to the lakers here in a bit on the back end of the show but you know what it's going to be something that we're going to talk about right now when it concerns the eastern conference your thoughts first off we're going to go ahead and start off with the one eight matchup the on with washington who came out or just a big victory yesterday against indiana there was no doubt about it, and they're coming in with a little bit of momentum. Obviously, they played very well at the end of the season with Westbrook and Beal. Beal's hamstring is kind of questionable right now, so heading into it, it's Philadelphia and Washington. Your thoughts on this series? If Philadelphia is serious about being a contender, you may quick work for Washington. Washington played them tough all season. Um, I think the they played twice, like within the first month of the season when Washington was really struggling. And they still only beat them. You know, they still was um, single-digit close games. So Washington has confidence, and they believe they can play the Sixers tough. But that was with a healthy um, Bill. And, um, yeah, I mean, they got some good defenders over there. I just can't see Washington maybe winning one. Um, but if Philly, Philly needs to just step on their throat and go ahead and try to sweep them. The Sixers have, you know, they've been a great home team for a couple of years now, but they've struggled on the road. So that's the big challenge for me will be in game three. If they can go down to Washington, handle their business like a true championship contender and go up three zip and then just go ahead and snuff them out. Let's get this team out of there. Let's get on to the real series. Don't waste any time with them. So. I'm going to predict the sweep. I'm not, I, I mean, as great as Westbrook is and as, and as amped up as he'll be, I'm still going to go. Uh, I just can't trust those other guys to come up big in a, in a pressure game. I trust Danny Green. Um, I trust uh, um, Tobias Harris. I trust those guys more. So, Thanks so much, Felix, for joining us. V Garcia, as always, we truly appreciate it. We'll see you Sunday night, Felix. Thank you so much. V's here as well. So many people watching right now already. Thank you so much for doing so. Want to give a big thank you also as well to Albert Toquero. He's here as well. And everybody else watching and listening, this is the Lakers Fast Break. We are previewing the NBA playoffs for both Saturday and Sunday that start. Remember, if you're watching the Lakers, it is starting at 1230. Just want to give everybody a heads up, 1230 Pacific time. That is going to be on national television, of course. But L. Rob, he has Philadelphia, the Sixers, in a sweep. I'm going to say one game. I'm going to say Washington is going to have Beal go off, and Beal and Westbrook both go off in the same game once. 
And that's going to be enough, I think, to pull off one victory. So I'm saying Philly in five. And here today to talk about this whole playoff scenario is a good man indeed as well. He is the mastermind behind Lakerholics.com. It is Laker Tom and Laker Tom. Great to have you here as always. I wanted to go ahead and get your thoughts first off on Philly versus Washington. Glad to be here, Gerald. I think it's going to be a closer series than that. I actually have five of the eight series going six or seven games. Really? Uh, which is a reflection, I think, of what's going to be one of the one of the best first round playoffs that we've ever seen. I think that Beal and and Westbrook are going to go off twice, and it's going to be a six game series. Uh, I don't think that they can take down Philly. Philly's going to have to prove that they really are championship caliber team, and they haven't done it yet. And uh, it's very easy to overlook a team with uh, Russell Westbrook and and Bradley Beal. Um, Beal is uh, a lot will depend on how Beal is if he if he's really injured and can't play up to his par. But I think Westbrook is playing some of the best basketball in his career. Um, this is from a guy who earlier in the year was was an untradeable, you know, max contract. And basically, uh, everybody thought he was finished. And uh, he's come back and, and shown, you know, really well. And, and I think that he's going to have a couple of, of unbelievable games. That's a lot of offense you've got from a couple of guards. And it's going to put pressure on Philadelphia. And Philadelphia is going to, they're going to have to prove that they are as good as uh, Lee thinks they are. Well, they've got a lot of defensive stalwarts on that team uh, who can match up very well with both Beal and Westbrook. So I think they're going to give them quite a difficult time. And I'm with L. Rob. Unless the fact, like I said, I think they're going to get one game. I think Beal's going to go off for at least one time. And I think there's going to be another magical triple-double from Westbrook in one of these games. So I'm, I'm assuming I'm going to take one game that the Wizards will go ahead and pull out the victory on. So I think they're going to go 4-1. So Laker, Tom, you've got what? The six? Philly and six. Philly and six. I've got them in five. El Rob's got them in four. V Garcia has got them in five. He said, I'm with you, Pooty. So there you go, <laughs> Philly in five. But we're going on to the next one right now, and that's going to be the 4-5 matchup. If you see that on the right-hand side, I'm posting that right now for everybody on video. That's the official NBA.com playoff bracket right there. It was just updated with New York versus Atlanta. This one I think is going to be a barn burner. I really am excited about this matchup because nobody out there knows who's going to win this one you've got inexperience all over the place you've got talent all over the place you've got an offensive minded team against a defensive minded team so l rob i'm going to start off with you first again my friend on new york versus atlanta let me know your thoughts on this series i know the knicks fans are in you they're just in a euphoric state of mind right now because the knicks are back after so many years out of the playoffs they they're going to fill up well almost all of Madison Square Garden. They're really just excited about playoff basketball once again in Nickland. So what do we have? We have the battle of two of the best coaches, two guys who were in the final contention for coach of the year, or at least they should have been if if uh, McMillan wasn't. Nate should have been. Yeah. Um. You know he took over a team in disarray and righted the ship. Um, if you're in Indiana, how do you feel right now? I know, boy. 
Yeah, terrible. I mean, we caught that though when it happened. Everybody knew that, that was a bad decision to let McMillan go. This is a really tough one because you just look at the talent Atlanta has, and Atlanta has more talent. So you would think Atlanta should win. Knicks got the home court advantage. I don't know what the fan situation is down there, but I'm sure, you know, if the league or or the city or state is saying 5,000 in, then they'll probably have 8,000. They're saying 10, they'll, you know, they're going to fudge the number, whatever they can do to get more fans. In I don't know if it was, they were talking about 15,000. I don't know oh, if they okay. meant that was 15,000 for both games, each or both games combined. So that would make it at the, at the minimum 7,500 yeah. fans and, in that and, building. And, so and let's just, just say side, right now close yeah. to that. Just a sidebar. That's just one of the craziest things that one team could be near capacity and other teams at 25% capacity. I mean, talking about uh, unfair advantages. Yeah, but uh, I am going to say, I mean, Julius is something about the magic that the Knicks has this year. They're really connected, and I mean, they should they they should not win this series. Just looking at a paper, and you look at the talent, you go match up uh, position by position. Atlanta has more talent, um, but I just think the Knicks are are connected together, and they'll fill out a way to to pull out some old Nick magic. So I'm taking the Knicks in seven. It's going to be um, real real tough series. I know. I believe the last time they played in the regular season, they were um, um, jockeying for position. I think Atlanta had a pretty comfortable lead in the third quarter or um, a decent lead in the third quarter when when Trey Young got injured. He went out and he didn't come back that game and the Knicks came back to win it. Um, so I remember just looking at that game and saying, okay, Atlanta is a better team than them. And, you know, conventional wisdom, I should be picking Atlanta, but I'm just going to go with my gut and say the Knicks, We'll find a way to, to hang in there and then snatch it in seven. Tom, what are your thoughts on this highly competitive matchup? I mean, here in Vegas, I can tell you the action line keeps moving all over the place because one time, you know, you know we're obviously going to get a lot of New York voters and New York bettors betting on the money line for the Knicks. But then you've got a lot of smarts out there that are betting on Atlanta once they see the, the odds go in their favor. So right now it's kind of a toss up. And in fact, I think there's only a one-point spread on the first game, game one. So it's going to be even that. They're expecting a close game and a close series. Your thoughts on New York versus Atlanta? I think New York's defense is going to prevail over Atlanta's offense. So I'm in the same place that Lee is, Nixon seven. Okay. Any reason why? I just think it's a blessed year for the Knicks. I think Julius is going to have a great series. Rose is going to have a great series. And the Knicks defense is going to dominate. Well, for me, I think I'm, I've been pondering this all, all day. I really have. I've been going back and forth because it is so close. Like L. Rob said, I think Atlanta has the more talented team, 1-15. to 15, But New York is riding on such a high. They've got such momentum. They play such good defense. And in this time where you're shrinking the rosters anyways and you're shrinking the available players that you're going to be playing, New York is used to it. They're used to playing yeah. a seven or eight man lineup, whereas Atlanta's more stretched out because they go ahead and play more guys. I think New York is more used to that. And I've been contemplating this all day. This was the one I've been trying to think about now for pretty much two days now. And going back and forth, do I pick New York in seven or do I pick Atlanta in six? I really think it's going to come down to that. I was leaning quite a bit towards New York in seven, but as of now, 
I'm probably going to say Atlanta in six. If they do not win in six and it goes back to New York, there's no way they're going to win in game seven, I think. I think the New York fans will be rowdy enough to where it will rattle a team like that, especially, you know, a great set of young players that they have in Atlanta. So I'm thinking right now Atlanta in six, but just barely. I will not be surprised if New York takes it in seven. I mean, this is going to go either way. I mean, anybody who thinks they have a, a solid beat on this is, is just kidding themselves because this can go in any direction either way. So that one's going to be one that I know a lot of people are going to watch. It's going to be very exciting. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Hey, hoop heads. We all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. But another matchup in the Eastern Conference is Milwaukee and Miami. And this is a return matchup from the bubble. And everybody thought that Milwaukee was going to go in another great season going in. That Everybody thought they were going to go ahead and play well. But unfortunately, a lot of mistakes, I think mostly on the coaching side, in my opinion, spelled doom for Milwaukee in the bubble. And they fell to Miami on their way to a finals matchup with the Lakers. Could it be the same thing around for this time? I'm not so sure because Drew Holiday is around this time and it wasn't Eric Bledsoe that they're playing. So that could be a major difference as well. But L. Rob, I hit it back to you first, my friend. Your thoughts on Milwaukee versus Miami. The clock strike midnight. The glass slipper is not to be found. And uh, it's time for the Miami Magic to uh, end. Last year, they caught lightning in a bottle. They handled the Bucks, the Celtics. I mean, they, they peaked at the right time, but Jimmy Butler says he's ready. He's ready to put take this team on his back and do it again. I just think Milwaukee this year has, a, like you mentioned, they have Holiday now. Um, they added Forbes to give them a little more shooting. They got Bobby Portis, give them a little more toughness. I just think their bench is a little more solidified this year. And I think Giannis is ready to get over the hump. I wasn't really thrilled with his comments saying he didn't know what they was going to do in the playoffs. You, you know, you'd like to see a superstar present a more confident uh, outlook, you know, even though, you know, we always say we want honesty from our guys, but you know, that was made me do a double take when I heard his comments leading into the playoffs, but I think they'll um, handle, I think they'll handle Miami. I'm going to say Milwaukee and six. Milwaukee and six for you right there. V Garcia is all up in arms because I told him if the Lakers win a championship again this year, I will wear a Dudley Jersey if one is provided or whatnot. So, you know, if that's the case, by all means, I'm sure you He's can find it on the Dudley Jersey. Don't well, I'm sure anybody out there, you can find it on the clearance rack right now at NBA.com or fanatics.com, or maybe for a few dollars on eBay, but be that as it may, 
you know how I got that in there. But yes, I would wear it a, a, a deadly jersey if the Lakers go ahead and win a championship. Yeah, I almost wore a Rondo jersey at the end of the last year. So and a lot of other people were so harsh on regular season Rondo. Hey, uh, you know, the way he played in, in the bubble, it was just truly outstanding. But if Dudley uh, is the case, I, I might just do that if the Lakers go all the way. But we're moving on. I will say this, that when it comes to Milwaukee and Miami, I don't think Lightning's going to strike twice in a bottle this time around. I don't think Miami has that kind of mojo going into the playoffs. It just doesn't seem like they've been able to mesh as well. I know Butler has had a good season in the limited amount of games that he's played. I know Bam Adebayo is an excellent and very talented individual. And I know they've got a lot of good shooters on that team, but they just don't have that same kind of, um, I guess, momentum going into the playoffs. I mean, I would wait and see. I wouldn't be totally surprised if they repeat the same performance, but Milwaukee seems like they're coming in a little bit more confident, a little bit more sure of themselves because of the past two years that they failed in the playoffs and failed miserably. Budenholzer has got to learn to coach better, and I'm talking about making adjustments on the fly. And the thing that bothered me last year is you have the defensive player of the year in Atentacumpo. Why did you not not play him on the best matchups that you needed to on Butler? He was more still like a roving player throughout that entire series, and I think it really cost them. It just killed me to see him game in, game out, not matched up on Butler for 40 minutes. It just It really irritated me. I'm thinking that Budenholzer will finally learn from his mistakes, and the fact that they have Drew Holiday, I think there is a little bit more steadying force than what they've had before. So I'm picking Milwaukee and I'm going to say Milwaukee and six. Let's go Milwaukee and six on that one. Laker, Tom, any thoughts on this matchup? No, I think I'm in the same feeling. I've, I've always felt that that Miami was not, not to take anything away from the Lakers championship, but Miami was not the best team out of the East last year. And they won't make it this year because they, they were on a Cinderella trip last year. I think Drew Holiday makes a big difference for the Bucks. I also think that, you know, Giannis and Booten are going to have a have a better understanding of how they have to play and how they have to adjust their games in the playoffs. You know, I, I also think too that having Drew Holiday's defense on perimeter players is going to be a big measure. But the Bucks are a better team, and they're going to show it this year. So I've got Milwaukee in six. Also, isn't it funny how we're all saying that? And the previous two years they had a much better record than they do now yet we're thinking that they're a better team going into the playoffs. It's just kind of funny how this is working out with them. It just seems like they're finally learning from their mistakes. I also think that the a big factor in my mind with the future of Milwaukee as a franchise is Giannis's decision <clears throat> to stay. Because I think that there was an uneasiness in that locker room last year because of wondering what was going to happen if he didn't, you know, if he didn't if they didn't win it, if they didn't get into the finals. Yeah, And this is another one of those years, just like last year, that's an unprecedented situation, you know, because of COVID. And so, you know, it. I think it was an upset last year. And you can't count on an upset two years in a row when you've got the talent that the Milwaukee Bucks have. And they did improve their team over last year. And Giannis, despite not getting all of the press clippings that he did the last two years, has really come out and played extremely well this year. So, you know, he's still a force, and I expect that he wants to prove that he made the right decision by staying in Milwaukee. 
I think they're going to be highly motivated to get revenge on Miami, and I think that they're going to dominate the series. But it will go six just because of Miami's shooting. If Milwaukee lose this series, they need to immediately after game walk down over to Budenhauser and just tell and relieve him. I mean, yeah. they have no, I mean, if you can't get it done and you get bounced again in the first round, there's nothing else to talk about. Don't don't ride the team bus back. I mean, just go ahead and <laughs> and, and and make the exit. I mean, I know we, guys, they've they've given them a good enough team to 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 go far to go yeah. further than uh, the first round. I know we've talked about for for over a year now about Frank Vogel is and is sometimes unwillingness to go ahead and make changes on the fly or make adjustments in the regular and, season. In yeah, the in the regular, regular season. season, and I know he finally did in the playoffs, which we're early on in the playoffs he wasn't, but that he did make those changes in the playoffs, and obviously we know what happened there. But we've seen this from other coaches themselves where very reluctant to make changes during the course of the game and make adjustments that everybody else can see that they need, but these, sometimes these coaches stick to their guns and Budenholzer, his one main complaint from people out there and critics out there is the fact he doesn't change on the fly or make adjustments when it's needed or when it's apparent. And now I think that if it's going to happen, it's going to happen now where he needs to make those adjustments especially with Philadelphia and Brooklyn looming on the horizon as possible opponents in future rounds. So uh, he's going to have to go ahead at some point, make some changes and adjustments on the fly like that if he wants to go ahead and go all the way. And if they do, it's because not only the talent they have on the floor, but also because the coach himself is more willing and more adaptable to change. But guys, there's still... Another matchup in the Eastern Conference we want to talk about, and that is the Brooklyn Nets, who've been coasting the last month, trying to get everybody healthy enough to play. And it looks like they will have the big three of Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden going into this series. Will they be all be 100% healthy? That's up for debate. But then again, the Lakers are not 100% healthy, but they're going to go into it anyways in the first round. And Brooklyn is going to be facing off against Boston, who won their playing game against Washington with 50 points from Jason Tatum. So I want to hear your thoughts, L. Rob, the Michigan State Spartan that you are. I wanted to go ahead and ask you your thoughts on this first round matchup. Do you think Boston, and this is going to, I guess, you know, really make Laker Tom smile when he's going to, I think, because I already know his answer coming up. Um, how many games do you think Boston will take? Will they even take one? Yeah, so, um, yes. I just don't see the net the Nets focusing enough to uh, sweep them, even though Boston's, you know, they're hurting with Brown out. Um, and Tatum's going to give them at least one big game. Kimba's looked a lot better recently. And um, the Nets don't really have an inside game where you can pound Boston in their, in their weakness. It's the lack of uh, inside presence. So, yeah, I, 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 I can see Boston getting one game, but only one. I don't, I don't see them winning more than one game. And, you know, I really would have preferred seeing Washington win that game. I would have really yeah. liked to see Westbrook go up against Durant and, and Harden, two of his ex-teammates. Um, but that wasn't to be so. But yeah, I mean, give the Celtics credit. They handled their business, held down the seven seed. But yeah, they'll get one game. And uh, we'll watch Danny and his boys 
go off into uh, the sunset again without another ring as the Lakers go on to try to take the 18 to 17 lead over them. As funny as this sounds, though, Rob, I think if Boston would have lost that game against Washington, I would have think they personally, they would have had a better chance against Philadelphia than Brooklyn. I just think there's a little bit better matchup there. Do you? Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think they would have matched up uh, a little bit better with um, with Philadelphia, with their offensive, with Boston's offensive firepower. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you just get into an offensive game with the Nets, they don't have enough firepower. Yeah. But against a team like Philly, you know, I think uh, an explosion would have would have been better for them. So, but I, I mean, I still wouldn't have seen them beating Philly more than one game either. But I think it probably would have been a slightly better matchup for them. Hey, what Laker Tom? I know this does your your heart very good to see that Boston is in this state of disrepair. And with the injury to Jalen Brown, I know you're going to be shedding a tear for the Celtics because they're going to be an early exit this year. How <laughs> early do you have it? I think we're going to see two great games from Tatum. So I, I, I still have them winning at least two games out of there because I I still have big questions about the Nets. I mean, is everybody going to play? And they've only played together under 10 games. How are they going to then adjust in the playoffs? I think there's going to be some some learning curves there. And their defense is terrible. So, you know, it, who's who on their team is going to stop the Celtics from scoring? Who's, who's going to stop Tatum? You know, is it you're going to put uh, Kevin Durant on him? It's not going to be Kyrie. It's not, you know, it's not going to be Harden. So I, think, you know, I, so I have, you know, I, I still have... I still have the Nets in six. Hmm. Very interesting that you've got it lasting that long. I personally don't. I think Tatum will have a big game or two, but I still think that one against three, because I'm not convinced Kemba is going to be consistent enough. Plus I'm not sure exactly where they're going to find or manufacture all the rest of those points to keep up with the, with Brooklyn and Brooklyn. Yes. Their defense is deservedly much maligned but I think they're going to hold it together enough to go ahead and get a sweep, no matter how much Tatum scores. If they're lucky, Tatum will get them one game. And I don't think that's going to get them anymore, but I'm, I'm thinking a sweep right now for Brooklyn and I'll sweep them out. Not because I am a Lakers fan and I cannot stand the Celtics. As we've talked before on the show, we appreciate Tatum and Brown as being two of the bright young stars in this league and wish we had them on our team for the Lakers. That would be tremendous to have them running alongside LeBron and AD. That would have been awesome if Tatum would have been picked number two and Jalen Brown would have been picked in that draft by the Lakers. But unfortunately, it wasn't meant to be. They're in Boston, and unfortunately, they're going to be sent home. Jalen Brown is already on the shelf, and Jason Tatum will be soon following him after a very quick series victory for Brooklyn. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that 
I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. All right, once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. Once again, thank you so much for joining us. I want to give a special thank you to everyone who's liked our show so far on Facebook. Rodello, Belong, Felix, V, Albert, you guys are all great out there. Thank you so much for joining us once again. It is the Lakers Fast Break. Again, check out everything that we do at hoopheadspod.com and lakerholics.com. We're going to head now to the Western Conference, and it starts off with the freshly victorious Memphis Grizzlies who reigned supreme in that overtime and showed me a lot. They showed me a lot of swagger after I thought that there was a major collapse in the fourth quarter there. They almost let that slip away and should have. Well, you can go either which way. I mean, the pool deal where he kicked out on that three-pointer, that should have been called, but it didn't get called. But also, Draymond Green should have made that simple two-foot shot at the end of regulation and i don't know what he was thinking pass or whatnot it just it doesn't matter it it just was all for naught and golden state is going home and going to have to reevaluate things going forward and memphis is in the eighth slot and utah is going to be their matchup first off l rob memphis is a young group you know it's the old oh they don't know any better they're going to go out and give it their best shot john moran is a terrific athlete john moran is a terrific player he is a sensation. I think more people will come to understand you know, just how good he really is. I want to hear your thoughts on this series. Utah is a powerhouse with their defense and Rudy Gobert on the back line. I want to see how, in your opinion, Utah matches up with Memphis. Whew, boy. I'm sure Utah was preparing for the Warriors. And uh, so you got to throw that game plan out the window and get ready. For well, Memphis. I think they're probably glad, I think having to chase Curry for four or five, six games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but Memphis is a tough, tough-minded team. So, yeah. you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. You know what? I see you going six. I see this Memphis is, um, they got some of the old, uh, some of the old grinding tendencies as, uh, you know, the old Zebo and Mark Casal and Tony Allen Grizzlies. They, you know, they, they that's a tough-minded team. It's something... You know, it seems to kind of be the culture. Everybody talks about the various teams having a culture. It seems like that uh, that is part of the Memphis culture. And, and Xavier Tillman fits in well. Bain. Dylan Brooks has really improved, playing really good defense. His, his, his shot selection is better than it's been in the past. And Morant's a problem. And we, and we don't know how. And we don't know the health of, uh, of Utah. So, um, you know. Mitchell is going to be very iffy coming into that first game. Yep, yep, yep. And and then what? how much will he have moving forward? We don't know. So I'm going to say Memphis is going to make it a little tougher series than a, than a typical 1-8 um, matchup is. They, they're riding a little momentum. So I see Memphis winning a couple games. You know, and I don't blame you because Valanciunas has been playing extremely well. You've got Dylan Brooks, who never lacks for confidence. Sometimes it's for the good. Sometimes it's for not so good. And, of course, you have the extremely talented John Morant. If their supporting cast can do anything or give them anything, I think Jaron Jackson Jr., another Michigan State Spartan, as you have told me, 
And as uh, mm-hmm. everybody out there should know already, if he can play anything close to the semblance of, of what he was picked at, I think it could be a problem for Utah because they don't have anyone to really match up with him if Gobert is already you know occupied by Valanciunas. So if Jaron Jackson Jr. can be that type of player where he can not only stretch you out at the three, but take it inside and obviously very athletic, I think that it can give Utah some problems. I'll give my prediction on this series in a sec, but Laker Tom, your thoughts on this series, Utah Memphis, because V Garcia is already going to say right now that Utah is going to smash him. I'm not so sure about that. Uh, you know, I, 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 I was impressed with the play of the Grizzlies tonight, even though Valanciunas didn't have a good game. He's been shooting well from outside. And, and obviously I think the strategy would be to pull uh, Rudy Gobert out of the paint. And with Jackson and Valanciunas shooting from outside, I think that the Grizzlies are exactly the kind of tough, disciplined team that can give Utah some problems. And like Lee said, you know, you just don't know what the health is going to be of Utah. And also the simple fact that they really haven't played in the playoffs at at a high level where their expectations are like they are today. So, uh, you know, I still think Utah is going to prevail. I have them in six just like Lee does. Well, there you go. I'm going to say Utah in five, but it's not going to be pretty. I think they're going to be uh, more close games than I think people realize. Maybe game one is going to go easily to Utah just because Memphis is going to be a little bit fatigued. But I would say keep a close eye on Memphis after that. I think they're going to give Utah a little bit of a problem, but not enough that Utah can't overcome it, I think, in five. Six, I wouldn't be surprised. But if it does go to game seven, these kids are just going to get more confident, more confident. And if it does go to seven, watch out. I'm just going to say that right now. If it does go to seven, miraculously watch out because these kids will grow confident. And and you see what happened in today's game against the Warriors. They grew more confident in that overtime, and there's no beating them if they're like that. So I'm going to say right now, Utah is going to handle them in five. V. Garcia said John Moran disappeared at the end of the fourth and didn't show in OT until the final minute. If that's how he tracks come crunch time, Memphis is in trouble. I'm just going to say right now, I think, like I said, Memphis, do not give them an opportunity to gain confidence because if they do, they might give Utah all that they can handle. The next matchup we're going to cover is Laker Tom's other favorite team, and I'm joking when I say that. It's the Los Angeles Clippers and the Dallas Mavericks in a 4-5 matchup. L. Rob, I'm going to go back with you again, leading off the foray on this one. Your thoughts on Luca with Christoph Porzingis, who supposedly is healthy going to, into this, did not have the greatest year, especially defensively. He was kind of really even worse than normal defensively this year. But Kristaps, you know, he was supposedly going to be the X factor had he been healthy in the bubble last year. We now come full circle a few months later back into this again with a four or five matchup. So your thoughts on Kawhi and playoff P versus hmm, Luca? Hmm. Didn't Denver have them down like 50 some points at the half in one game this year? Yes. In Dallas, yes, I'm they sorry, did. Have, have the Clippers down 50 something. Yes. Aye, aye, aye. So one thing, Luca is not afraid of the Clippers. He's not afraid of Paul George. He's not, has no fear of Kawhi Leonard. 
Uh, he doesn't care who guards him on the Clippers. He doesn't think anybody can guard him on the Clippers. We know he had to hit the history with uh, Morris from last year. So that's that brings a little spice to the series. But you know what? I think the Clippers are going to be focused. I think the Clippers um, are going to be a little as is 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 more um, united this year. They're more together. I don't see Dallas having the firepower to really present much of a problem. I'm going to say the Clippers rise up and play to their abilities and uh, handle uh, the Mavericks in five, despite Luca having crazy numbers and you know a crazy series and doing what Luca does. There you go. A very strong prediction. V Garcia says Dallas pulls off the upset in seven. Nobody can stop Luca on that Clippers team. Nobody. We'll wait and see if that's going to be the case. If Luca does become unstoppable and he has the capability to take over this series and be the best player in the series, if he is, anything is bound to happen. But Laker Tom, your thoughts on the Clippers versus the Mavericks? I think this is going to be one of the most exciting series to watch. And I think the games are all going to be very close. You know, it's sort of like the Bucks, in my opinion, that, the Bucks basically got upset last year and lost to a team that they shouldn't have lost. And I think the same thing happened to the Clippers last year. They, they had a three, one lead and blew it to the, to the nuggets. And they're not going to, they're not going to make that mistake two years in a row. The pressure to perform this time to, to redeem themselves from last year's performance will be very strong and, uh, uh, I do think, though, that the Mavs will give them a little more resistance than Lee does. So I have the Clippers in six. Well, here's what I'm going to say is one thing against the Mavericks is the fact that last year they had the NBA's historic offense for that period of time. I don't know if this year that anybody had a more historical good offense. But last year, I think we made uh, you know several times we we noted the fact that the Mavericks had this historically great offense and they were down quite a few notches this year. Some of it due to injuries, some of it due to COVID things of that nature. And they've regrouped since then that they played a lot better in the past month where they passed up a number of teams, including the Lakers, you know, to get this five spot. But then you also have the Clippers, like you said, Tom, they've got a little bit of revenge factor going on after the choke job that they did last year and, you know, put it out there like we did last year, the choke job. And those are some great podcasts, especially the one where the, the, the one right after the Clippers, when they blew the lead, people just have got to hear Laker Tom and I laughing throughout the entire podcast. That was just pure gold. But getting back to this year, I think the Clippers have that on their minds and I think they will be motivated. Tom, I'm predicting the Clippers will win in six. I was thinking six or seven. I think the Clippers are going to win in six simply because of the fact that there is that motivation. If, you know, like I said, if Luca can be the best player in the series and Christos Porzingis can give them a lift and Tim Hardaway Jr. can be consistent, who knows? I would not be surprised. Like if V Garcia is saying that Dallas wins in seven. But if you're going to tell me right now going into it, there's a lot of ifs for Dallas, and there's not as many ifs, especially with Rajon Rondo and, of course, DeMarcus Cousins could come off the bench for some key minutes. I'm not doubting playoff Rondo anymore. I'm never doubting playoff Rondo again. And now that he's on the Clippers, he is going to be a steadying force. 
And he's going to be the type of player that if he's not out there playing during a key time when they're doing an El Foldo act like they did last year against Denver, he's going to be talking in that huddle, telling them to keep their composure back. He's going to be that guiding force. I think he's going to be a key in this playoffs for the Clippers. And I'm going to go ahead and say, you know what, Clippers in six on this one. You know, another you factor. Say, in, would you not be surprised yeah, go ahead, that Dallas upset? I wouldn't be surprised. It's not going to be, like I said, Clippers in six, but I wouldn't be surprised if, like, be saying Dallas pulls off the upset at LA in seven. I wouldn't be hugely surprised because right. that, that means that Luca is playing to the level that Luca needs to play. That's simple. And then we're, you know, we all know the kind of talent that Luca has. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's the best player in the series. I think, I think he'll, he'll be the best player in the series, but. The I Clippers don't, I got two, three, four, five. You know, they got the next four best players, probably. Yeah. Or, I mean, Porzingis, of course, but he's such an up and down, iffy type of player. As good as his skill is, he's you know, he's not really that dependable. This is a series that Kawhi Leonard needs to win. Otherwise, his only option is to join the Lakers to be able to stay in Los Angeles. Oh, that's too funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see if LeBron would take him if that's the case, but. V Garcia is saying playoff Turn Rondo. Down. But that yeah. Playoff Rondo only shows up when the team is worth playing with. And four, if the Clippers mentality is isn't as strong as people think, playoff Rondo is a no-go. Well, that's why Rondo's there. Rondo's there not only, you know, I know we talked about this with Dudley, and I know we talked about this with Haslam about those guys that are going to try and say the right things at the right time in the huddle or in the in the locker room. I mean, Rondo can still do it out on the court when he's motivated, but he can also be that individual that can go ahead and be that coach. I think he's going to be an excellent coach if he ever decides to go that route in the huddle. I know we talked about this last year, Laker, Tom. So I think that Rondo will be a key again in this year's playoffs. So we'll see what happens there. But another great matchup is the the three seed is being the underdog, in this case, over the six seed. It's Portland and Denver with Portland getting a lot of action here in Vegas. And they're actually, I think in some, you know, depending on where you go, they're actually the favorite in this series over the third ranked Denver Nuggets who have played very well, despite losing Jamal Murray to that tremendous knee injury. And again, our thoughts are with him and hopefully he comes back strong, but L Rob, this is going to be a great matchup against the proposed MVP in Nikola Jokic versus obviously Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, and all the firepower that they have there in Portland. They've been really below par defensively. I think if this is going to be the case and they're going to get anywhere, their defense has to go ahead and play at least average in order for them to get by. Yeah, and this is the series that I think will be the best series of the first round. I, I like, I love this matchup. You got the firepower with with uh, Jokic and um, and and Dane. Yeah, I, I really like this series. Uh, I think back to a couple of years ago. I believe it was the last game of the series, and Portland played Denver for a chance to get into the playoffs. I believe, and, and I believe Portland beat them. I could be wrong, but I, I still think Portland's got a kind of like a mental edge over Denver when they play the Nuggets. Uh, and I think that's part of, partially why Denver just kind of conceded that game the other day. 
and they didn't want to show their hand. Like, we're not going to play all our guys, and then we lose, and then we have to face them again pro- properly in the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. tough series. I'm going to go with the Blazers. I'm going to go with the lower seed Blazers to win this in seven. Great series. Um, yeah. I'm, I, I, Carmelo exacts some revenge on the Nuggets after having a great career and his numbers. I'm sure his jersey will eventually be retired by Denver, but um, I see the Blazers pulling this out. They're playing good. They're, they they went to the playoffs on the uptick. They got all the momentum. Dame and, and McCollum is tough. They added Powell. He's a good player. They seem to have their, you know, their health. They're healthier than they've been in a little while. So um, they need to t- they need to handle their business and take care of this series. They always um, say, hey, when they lose, that they lost a better team. Well, now they can't have that excuse. Denver's playing without, you know, a few good players. They're playing without Murray. And um, so, yeah, I, I like the Blazers. I think the Blazers will win in a very exciting and thrilling series in seven. Laker Tom, what are your thoughts? Because I agree with L. Rob that on the Western Conference side, this could be the best and closest matchup that there is. This could go either way, just like that Atlanta-New York Knicks series. Yeah. I really think it could go either way. Your thoughts on Denver and Portland? Well, it's the other series, just like New York and Atlanta, that I've got going seven games. I'm not going to bet against Joker in this particular series. And I also think that that Michael Porter is going to have a tremendous series. Uh, after Murray's injury, Porter really took off and it's averaged around 29 points versus 18 before the injury. So I think we're going to see... I think it's going to be Denver in seven, but it's going to be a very close, tightly knit series. And uh, I mean, those are the Knicks series and this series are are two series not involving the Lakers that you're probably going to see me watch every single game. When I was younger, when I'd watch every single game, but I don't do that today. And so, you know, this, this is going to be one of the series that that everybody's going to be featured on and and, and it's going to have some some great play. You've got great players there. And, uh, you know, I think the type of action that we've seen in the play-in tournament so far has been really remarkable. Yeah. Um, and I think we're going to see the same type of action in this first round of playoffs. There's a lot of great matchups. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the world champion, Los Angeles Lakers, well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. I'll tell you what, there is a lot of great matchups. Again, this is the kind of shot the NBA needed. Adam Silver and the NBA really needed this. The play-in tournament, which I was kind of sketchy on myself. Lakers and Knicks in the playoffs. I mean, the big yeah, Lakers. But did you get in the playoffs, the high ratings, even though Golden State and Curry is not there, Curry has provided two big money games this week so his job is well done i think that's almost as good as him going in let's say he'd won tonight and they've been swept by utah 
if that's the case, then you're really not going to get a whole bunch out of there. But, you know, you got almost the best you could outside of, like like I said, Golden State winning. But getting back to this series, Denver-Portland, this is a close one. And it could go either which way. And I wouldn't be surprised either which way. I think, though, that there is just enough on the Denver side uh, at things that they're going to make it really competitive. But then again, you got Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, who, like V said, are talking a lot of smack out there, especially that they're trying to already and focus in on possibly meeting the Lakers in the second round matchup. So Vincent says out there, playoff start. Good luck, Lakers. Absolutely good luck to the Lakers. I'm going back and forth on this one as well. But I will say this. By the time it gets to game seven, that home court advantage of mile high, it's not going to be there like it is in game one and game two for, you know, for Denver, because it's, you know, once you get to play a couple games there, you start getting acclimated to that, that high altitude. So Portland by game five and game seven in Denver will go, be going ahead and have a little bit better time of it. So I think I'm going to agree. I think L Rob, you said uh, Portland in seven, right? Yes. I'm yeah. agree with you on that. Portland is seven. Because again, by the time game seven comes around, I think that there the Portland Trailblazers will be acclimated to that uh, you know home court and will and that home court advantage will not be there. We could very well see the same type of series we saw, what was it, three, four years ago with you know when they played that seven overtime game against uh each other and they were Jokic was looked like he was about ready to to collapse at any point yeah, in time. That was just a tremendous game, and that could, it could come down to a game like that. So don't be surprised. But I think Portland's going to squeak it out on the road in Denver in seven. I think it's going to be a very close game, and it's going to be a toss up either which way. But V Garcia is said agrees with us that game seven is going to be big for Denver. It's going to be a great series, but. It all comes down to this, everyone. Everybody has been wanting to hear our picks on this. Although, if you heard it the other day, Laker Tom was already shouting it already at everyone. Mm -hmm. And that is Phoenix versus the Lakers, number two and number seven. Again, the starting time for everybody out there, if you didn't hear me earlier in the program, is 12.30 Pacific time on Sunday. It is a nationally televised game, so don't fear on that. If you want to go ahead and make sure. We will be on the air live after the game ends, so... Just go ahead and check us out there, Lakers Fast Break. But, L. Rob, we've been starting with you this entire program. So I'm going to go back to you one more time on your thoughts on Phoenix versus Lakers. I think this will also be a close series. But, again, I will go ahead and give it to you on your thoughts on this Phoenix versus L.A. Lakers matchup. Well, first, let me correct myself. That was Denver and Minnesota the last game of the season in 2018 that the Nuggets lost to to uh, the T-Wolves and didn't make the playoffs despite Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, yeah, that one, that one. I was also despite talking about the one, that playoff game that yeah, was like seven overtimes. Yeah, you know, that, was, that was a great one. That was a great yeah. one. I had, I had thought that uh, they lost to Portland to keep them out of that, uh, out of that playoffs that year, so I stand corrected. <laughs> Oh, boy, Phoenix. Well, this is what we've been waiting on, right? This is yeah. the Lakers uh, kind of slog through the season, sleepwalking and getting up for certain games and other games. Now, okay, now this is it. You're, you you get a chance to defend your title. LeBron is trying to uh, 
cement his legacy. So I am sure he will have his team ready. I didn't get a chance to read the comments. I kind of heard some chatter. I guess he had said some, a few things to kind of give Phoenix some bulletin board material. I've been kind of on the go last couple of days and haven't had a chance to keep up as much as I normally would. Um, but simply put, Phoenix is just in over his head. Lakers have uh, more proven talent. They have the best player, the first, you know, they got the two best players in the series. They don't have anyone that can really match up with Anthony Davis. Um, I, I want to say the Lakers in five, but out of respect for Chris Paul and the great season that he's uh, orchestrated for the Suns, I'm going to give the Suns a second game and say the Lakers in six. Lakers in six, indeed. Laker Tom, I know you also had some thoughts on this already, but just to refresh everyone out there, your thoughts on this upcoming series. I think it's going to be a good one. I think there's also a lot of things that not just Booker, we, you know, because I know he's going to be a primary concern, and then not letting Chris Paul just going anywhere he wants in that free throw area to go ahead and just give you the barrage of mid-range jumpers that he likes to go ahead and navigate through. And also DeAndre Ayton, not letting him become a superstar in the process. And of course, not letting the outside shooters shoot with any consistency. A lot of things to worry about there, but can the Lakers pull it off? I'm going to actually say in disrespect of Chris Paul that he's going to have his traditional postseason meltdown. You said that last time, too. Disappear, I, you know? I think the Lakers are going to win it in five. The only reason they're going to lose one game is probably because they're still trying to find their legs. LeBron's still trying to find his legs. Anthony's still trying to find his legs. Um, the simple truth is that the Suns don't have anybody to guard, to defend LeBron or to defend AD. I also think, too, that the Suns' weaknesses are pretty much a young player in, in Aiton who has disappeared in a lot of the games recently, and nobody really backing up Aiton at the, at the five. So I see this as a game where uh, we'll probably see a lot of AD at the five to close out games, but I think we're probably going to see a little bit of everybody in the first half of the games. I mean... Uh, it's it's a warm-up series for the Lakers. It's, it's actually a benefit that the Lakers have a team that they match up really well against uh, to have the first series be in that thing uh, because they really need they really need some time. I mean, if, when you look at it, uh, like LeBron said, I hope the you know he says I you know he's only had four games with the lineup that we're going to be going into it um, and. We've only had 10% of the time with Anthony Davis playing the five this year. Now, he played 50% of the time in the five uh, in the game against the, in the, in the play-in game against the Warriors. So I expect to see him play 50% of the, five, uh, the time at the five in this series, and I expect him to do that through the rest of the playoffs. I think that uh, there'll be a lot of balancing of the roster figuring out who's going to be in the rotation. I think you'll see Wes Matthews in there a lot earlier this time than you did last time. Um, and it'll be interesting to see. You know, I mean, I, I've read a lot of comments by people on Twitter that Rob Palinka must have promised Andre Drummond a certain amount of minutes no matter how he plays. Maybe that was in the instructions given to Frank Vogel, but because it, it's taken him too long in that first series to make the adjustments that he made. And we were lucky that 
not playing Matthews earlier and not putting AD at the five earlier did not cost us the game, and it almost did. So I think that it's going to be an important series for us to get our legs underneath us, to get our rotations set, and for Frank Vogel to start to be decisive about who's going to play and who's going to close games. Well, I agree with that. It's going to be very interesting to see how the lineups shake out, the rotations. Like you said, I do think Matthews, with his experience, is going to play somewhat of a key role. Obviously, off the bench, you've got Kuz and Caruso, who are now seasoned veterans. There's no excuses for them. They now have a championship pedigree behind them. THT, if he can give you anything, we don't want to go ahead and ask for too much, but if he can give you anything off the bench, that's greatly appreciated. But it all comes down to, like you said, the health of LeBron and AD and how much AD can play at the five because we all know, in fact, everybody knows, it's not an, it's not a, just something that we're pulling out. This is something that's now definitively been proven as, of course, with the banner that's now sitting up at the Staples Center that AD plays best at the five. And I sure hope that will happen quite a bit. My pick on that for the Lakers then will be Lakers in six as well. Well, guys and everyone out there, thanks for showing up. Appreciate you guys both coming on for the today's show, the NBA playoff preview. Want to go ahead and thank everyone. We've had so many tremendous responses, so many comments in the chat room today. V, Vincent, Felix, all of you guys were so amazing on today's program. If you have any questions for us, V Garcia, you know who can give you something off the bench? Jared Dudley, two great hard defensive-minded minutes. That too. I give that just two. I noticed V, you're even limiting him on just two minutes. So that says it all right there for you. But if you have any questions for us, Lakers Fast Break or at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter. Laker Tom, you can be found at Laker Tom on Twitter, but also the best place to go if you want to reach out to L Rob, Laker Tom, Jamie Sweet, Sean Grice, even Rafael Barlow. I can send the message to him as well. The best place to go for anything Lakers is Lakerholics.com. And of course, if you get a chance, please check out all the amazing shows during the NBA playoffs, not only here at the Lakers Fast Break, wherever you get your podcasts, but of course, the Hoopheads Podcast Network at hoopheadspod.com. Via Garcia, Laker Tom, you're my guy. Via Garcia, you got a big, you got a big fan, Laker Tom. You got a big fan. You got a, you've got a legion of fans already, so that's going to be great going into the playoffs. You guys have not seen or heard yet, most of you, Laker Tom in playoff mode. It's a sight <laughs> to behold, rest assured. But El Rob, exactly, El Rob, the Michigan State man indeed, Laker Tom getting all prepped. He's going to go work out. He's going to do that walking. He's going to do that, that preparation for the Lakers and the NBA playoffs. It's going to be great to see. V Garcia says, L Rob, much respect to you too. For me, it's just Pooty and a whole bunch of Derek Dudley. That's all I get for V Garcia. <laughs> but, you know, I'll take it as long as he's not going ahead and sending hate mail. I don't mind at all. But V Garcia, great to have you here. Felix, Vincent, everyone in the chat room, thank you to all the dozens of people who are watching and listening. We're going to go ahead and be back Sunday after the game, the Lakers versus Suns in game one of the NBA playoffs. And we hope you will be here, too, as we go ahead and give you a great wrap-up, as only we can give right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.